Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Good morning on this Labor Day weekend. We actually officially started the church on this weekend, 34 years ago. And uh, I don't know why we did it, but we did. And uh, we survived. So thank you for being here. I know a ton of folks, all of my sons are out of town this weekend. Shame on them. (laughs) Some of them are working, some of them are vacationing, some of them are taking care of family responsibilities. But it's great to have all of you here this morning. I'm very impressed you came. (laughs) I've heard all kinds of rumors about what I was going to say this week. Somebody said to me right after service last Sunday, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say next week. And I said, me too. Because last Sunday, I was preparing to preach a three-week series of messages um, that I have decided since I just found out this week, um, we have finally run through the calendar of our family night service uh, speakers. So I am going to um, speak the next two Wednesday nights um, on on my journey. And I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to tell you all the things I used to think I knew as a pastor until I got cancer. And I'm going to share with you the word as I am walking in it today, which is different than the word that I was walking in two years ago. And uh, so um, I might even just sit down here uh, Wednesday night, but uh, I have felt for some time that this was coming. And uh, so many of you are battling your own battles, have your own things that you're going through. And um, I believe that what um, I'm going to share will help you. Um, I shared some of this with the pastors last week. And... um, It's definitely changed the way I think, changed the way I pray, changed the way I don't pray anymore. So if you want to hear all that, uh, I'll still be working on it. Come on out Wednesday night and uh, we'll share it together. All right. So we are going to talk about current events. How many of you have read the Bible at least once in your life? All right. Good. Awesome. And you even raised your hand. So, you know, when we read through the Old Covenant or the New Covenant, we're reading about events that took place at a particular time in history. Um, And today I'm going to start uh, talking and sharing about current events that are probably every bit as important as the past events that we've read about in Old Covenant or in the New Covenant, and the stories and the things we've gleaned, the the wisdom we've gleaned from uh, the Old Covenant. Matter of fact, uh, as I was doing uh, a word search this week on one particular word, um, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit dropped the story of Joseph. Uh, And I'm like, Lord, I I don't remember this one particular word being in like 12 chapters of the story of Joseph. And yet, when I started pondering and thinking and considering what all Joseph went through, I thought he had to overcome this word 
pretty much every day of his life, even though it's never spoken of in the old covenant. So uh, today I have a subtitle uh, to go with the current events and it's, I'm going there. It is faith, fear, and COVID. There it is, I said it. In public, in church, COVID. Go ahead and say it. Don't you hate that word? I absolutely despise that word. I am so sick of that word. And yet it is on everybody's mind, everybody's thought process. Anybody turn on the Gator football game yesterday? I did for one reason at first. I really didn't even know the Gators were playing yet. I, I did, I've been kind of out of the uh, news cycle. And, uh, but, uh, and then I heard that they were gonna let the stadium be full. I was like, really? Shocking. Don't we live in Alachua County? <laughs> you can't even go outside your house without a mandate to put something on. So, so I, I watched when they scanned the, the stadium and I was bewildered. There was one girl in the whole Gator band wearing a mask. And whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, baby, I am for you. Amen? I put up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be at the clinic. I have to put that mask on. And every time I pull it down, somebody walks by and says, put it back up, please. Put it back up. Till they walk by, then I pull it back down so, so I can breathe, you know? But, but, but the reality of it is it's not, a, it, it's not about whether I wear it or don't wear it, whether you wear it or don't wear it. It's, it's everything that is going with it. And uh, we are, last time I checked, we're a Christian church, right? We, we believe in Jesus Christ, right? We believe in God the Father, right? We believe in all the Word of God. Everything in here from Genesis to Revelations or from the maps to the index, we believe it all. I mean, I, I don't take anything out. Every gift of God is yes and amen for today. Amen? When Jesus said to the disciples right before he ascended to the Father, he said, I'm leaving, but the Father's going to give you a gift. Baby, I want that gift. And I want every part of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because without the power, we're going to be living our lives like Peter did before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, just do a little run through the Bible and you'll realize how much we need the person of the Holy Spirit living in us. Every day of our lives, we surrender, we submit. He comes to teach us, to help us, to comfort us, to instruct us. Um, he enables us to live victorious in God until COVID hit America. And then the church as a whole forgot about the Holy Spirit. And we started being moved by fear. And fear began to run rampant through our churches, through our pastors, across America, across the world. Never in the history of mankind have we had anything like this happen to the whole world. 
I was reading yesterday because I, I heard uh, we have a new family here that just got here from Peru. Their son's going to our school. Haven't met them yet. Um, and uh, I'd also uh, talked to a pastor from Peru who's trying to go to Houston next week to a pastor's conference. And, and uh, Peru is just locked down again. I mean, just <laughs> totally locked down. Nations around them didn't respond the way Peru responded. And yet Peru is suffering maybe as bad as any Latin American country. So fear has found a grip on the church, found a grip on our lives. You know, when I was growing up in the Nazarene church, we sang out of the hymnal. Anybody know what a hymnal is? <laughs> we sang songs out of it. Several hundred year old songs, but some of them are really good. Victory in Jesus was one of my favorite. Living by faith. Living, oh, I'm gonna leave that alone, boy. I just, <laughs> whoo, I was gonna go there and boy, wisdom cried aloud. Hey, man, I'll sing that when I get home. And, and, and we, sing, we sang songs about I'll fly away and couldn't wait for glory land. And then all of a sudden, over the last 20 months or so, the church has acted like death has become something all of a sudden new again. And we're supposed to be afraid of it. Death is a door. For every believer, it's a door that, that we walk through. And the moment, I told y'all, last week about that horrible video that was sent to me that I watched of 12 men being martyred for their faith. And immediately my thoughts went to all the 10 disciples that were martyred. And I never felt when I read their stories like I felt while I was watching that video. Why? Because that was thousands of years ago, right? And and I've read so many stories about those who have given their lives for the gospel all over the world for 2,000 years. But it never affected me like watching 12 men alive one moment and a bullet in their head the next. And my only comfort was they are with Jesus right now. Not in an hour, not next week, but immediately in his presence. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I believe that with my whole heart. I don't understand it all. I don't understand the body and the flesh and the spirit and all, but I believe the word. And I believe all those that have gone before us are a part of the great army of God. Come on, somebody that's not only cheering us on, they're making intercession. Yes. And I got a feeling over these last, you know, year and a half, they've had to do some serious intercession. I mean, I bet they've had to call some like uh, meetings with God to say how, what kind of level of intensity do we have to pray for those who are losing their way? They're wandering from faith over to fear. How many of you would be honest and say over the last year and a half, at least one time, you've been attacked 
or succumb to a spirit of fear that's attacked your life. Let me see your hand. If your hand's not out, but you're lying, I'm sorry. There, there's, uh, if you are, we're going to watch you ascend to heaven because you're about to be sucked out of here. Why? Because we're flesh. And when somebody that we love is hurting or going through something, it's going to affect us. And, and to say momentarily you're not struck with something? When, when Suzanne and I and Jess were sitting in Dr. Badia's office the day the doctor looked at us and said, without blinking an eye, without any emotions or anything, looked at us and said, you have an incurable disease called multiple myeloma. I'm telling you, I didn't even look at my wife because I didn't want to burst out in tears like a crybaby. I'm a man of God. But I'm telling you, there was a battle raging immediately in my spirit. Faith was there. Fear was trying to come in. And to say it wasn't, just a lie from hell. Because first of all, that word incurable, a pretty big word. What does that mean? I've heard others tell me that the doctors told them they were incurable. But, but to hear it, the doctor looking you straight in the face and say, we can't cure you. You got to back up, remind yourself, only God can heal anyhow. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And he's already done it. I'll talk about that Wednesday night, the authority that we have, that I'm walking in today that I wasn't walking in 22 months ago. Why? Because of greater revelation, because of the Holy Spirit. All right, I got to get to the word. Amen? Amen. Got big note written across the top. Be nice. <laughs> Talk with a daddy's heart. That's what she told me. She came back to my office because she knew I wasn't feeling good this morning. She said, can I pray for you? And I'm thinking, so she started praying. She's going to pray for a minute about, my, about how I feel and blah, blah, blah. But she's going to get to the real prayer in a second. <laughs> she got to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the word of God's good, isn't it? So we're going to talk about faith, fear, and COVID. Father, bless and anoint your word as it comes out of my mouth. Thank you that you are a good God. You're a good daddy. Your love is amazing. Your grace more than meets the need. Your mercy is everlasting. Help us as the church to wake up. To be honest with our own lives and our own decisions. Not to be afraid to confront the works of darkness because greater is he, Father, that's in us, you that is in us, than he that is against us. So I bless your word now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, I want to read to you out of a book you probably would not think I'd be reading out of. Ecclesiastes, last chapter, last two verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. I love this. It says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. I mean, Solomon was done. And he lays it out there. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. 
Fear God. I'm going to talk almost the rest of the time this morning about things we don't fear. But we fear God. We revere. We have a reverence, an awe of who God Almighty is. Every time somebody tells me that they're okay with the big man upstairs, <laughs> I'm thinking, you don't know the God that I worship. You would not be that stupid to dishonor and disrespect God Almighty. Because if he revealed himself, you would fall flat on your face, afraid to even look up. It's what the Israelites were. Moses, you go speak to God. Man, they had seen God's work do amazing things. Moses, we don't want to see or hear. Come tell us what he said. The awe of God. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing. Say, oh, Every secret thing, whether good or evil. I don't know about y'all, but I want to get all the secret junk of my life under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because once it's been forgiven, it's cleansed, it's forgiven, it's not going to have to be revealed. So every time ever there's an opportunity that I think that there's something left that I haven't dealt with, it's because Holy Spirit lovingly brought conviction, flipped a light switch on, you saw it, not to condemn you, not to judge you, but so that you can be forgiven, cleansed. Because the minute you say, Lord, (laughs) oh, was I stupid, forgive me. Bam, just like that, forgiven. How many of y'all like that bam, just forgiven type thing? Like, I think we ought to give the Lord a hand of an ovation for grace. Because we're, we were all sinners and we're all saved by grace, forgiven of everything. Psalm 145, verse 17 through 19 in the New King James Version says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, even in 2021, in the middle of COVID, the Lord is near. I want y'all to get it. He's near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Church, it's okay to cry every once in a while. All you macho men, it's okay. I mean, there are times that tears just come. And, but there is also the grace that comes right behind it to get you through whatever it is you're about to walk through. His grace is sufficient. I want to share some thoughts and observations before I give you a whole bunch of scriptures. And I'm going to just kind of fly through some of these. But 
as I spent uh, three days this week doing something I don't do very often, I think in school they would call it research. <laughs> that wasn't my strong suit <laughs> when I was in school and even in college. It wasn't until I was married with a baby and getting ready to grow up and go into real life when we went to Christ for the Nations, first time outside of PE, physical education, I ever got an A in my life. And uh, because all of a sudden, things were important. And I was in Bible school, taking Bible classes and loving them. And, uh, but uh, I spent some days this week researching and where we are as a nation. And it was depressing. It was overwhelming. I mean, I started writing notes and searching different organizations, the government, different organizations within the government, the medical field. One of the big struggles we have as just lay people, normal people, non-medical people, is that the medical field is here and here. <laughs> and we don't know who to believe. We don't know what to believe. And and the accusations against each other? Wow. I, mean, I spent days, and then I had to go to Scripture. Yeah. So I probably started out with these Scriptures for me. But I know this, God is not the author of confusion. God is the author of peace. And what I'm going to share with you today and over the next couple of weeks, there's several little points I'm going to give you, and you've heard this one. Now I want you to write it down again or put it in your smartphone so you'll be smart. Don't ever violate your peace for anybody. Don't violate your peace. The question today, do you get a shot? Do you not get a shot? It's dividing churches. If I get a shot or don't get a shot, it ain't none of your business. If the kids weren't in here, I'd have said, damn, but you know, they're, they're here, so I, I'm not going to say that. Right? I mean, I go to the doctor and and my doctor is seeing somebody else in my church family. I can't even say, hey, doc, how's so-and-so doing? But you ain't got no business asking. Yeah, but I'm their pastor. I love them. I'm, I know everything about what they're going through. Well, then go ask them. You know? I mean, there, there are, and I understand it. I, I agree with it. Until all of a sudden, you know, you're being slandered, blasted. If you got it, or if you didn't get it. If you, if, you, if you didn't get it, you're killing the world, and you ought to be condemned for it. You ought to be taken to an island somewhere. I heard one of our government officials say this. Everybody that doesn't get the vaccination should be taken to Afghan or somewhere and dropped off. How does that unify our nation? 
at least it's got us off the race thing. Because the needle don't care if you're black, white, red, yellow, polka dotted. I mean, have you noticed that? But don't violate your peace. And hear me while I'm just treading nicely, honey. Hey, just put your finger up or something if I, if I get to. Just do something. I, I'll, I'll catch it. I need to bring it down a little bit. But hear me. Don't let this divide your family. And I, I've, heard, I've heard people say well, you, to, to their grandparents, to the parents, well, you can't come see your grandkids until you show me your, you got vaccinated. I brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> I didn't say that. I did not say that. <laughs> it was a joke. Kidding. <laughs> but seriously, and, and I've heard where it's dividing churches. Churches are shutting down. They're getting into arguments. They're, they're wanting proof. And then can you find somebody that can actually explain the whole shot thing to you with any bit of confidence? Because, you know, I read this week or two weeks ago uh, where, you know, it's supposed to be good for eight months. And now this week, the CDC's just released, it's all the way down to five months. So, so you're going to have to have a booster every five months for the rest of your life. Don't live in fear. If you don't have a peace, don't take it. If you have a peace, take it. If you believe you're supposed to take it, take it. I'm not going to tell you to take it or not to take it. And nobody else should. Nobody else should. When I've been asked, are you vaccinated? And I have been asked that. I say, yeah. 96 shots in my belly since February 3rd. 13 different chemos. I've had the shingles vaccination, pneumonia vaccination, flu vaccination. I don't tell them all that. I just was honest when I said, yeah, right? I mean, if you've been stuck a hundred times, aren't you qualified to say yes? When somebody asks you, have you, have, have you had the shot? Yeah, I've had, I've had the shot. I've had the shot. <laughs> I, get, I can pull up my shirt and still show you bruises from four months ago in my belly from shots. Tired of shots, personally. All right, can I get to my points, y'all? Jesus, help me. Number one, I love this one. God is almighty and still in control. Amen? Come on, let's give him a praise. He is almighty and still in control. In America and every other country of the world. Number two, Jesus is the Lord of his church. He is the Lord of his, oh, y'all got them all up there. I, I, I was thinking they were coming one at a time, but there y'all have already read them all. That's pretty non-dramatic. Too late. Number three, the church of Jesus Christ. That's you and me. 
is still alive. Amen? And I don't know about you, but the church I'm a part of is alive and well and believes God for every promise that he's given us. Amen? Number four, the church is essential, significant, and relevant. Amen. Don't let the world or the news organizations or any other party try to convince you otherwise. It's a lie from hell. The fact they're still talking about us shows we're significant. The reason they spend so much money trying to control us is because we're significant. I read yesterday an article about Pastor John MacArthur in California. They didn't shut down in California. They got charged. They got, they got sued. They, get, they, they went all the way in one year to the Supreme Court. They won against the government of California. And the government of California had to pay them $800,000 in legal fees. Come on, somebody. And he immediately took the $800,000 and turned, as a, and as a church, they gave it to the legal organization that walked them through this for a solid year, which I think is amazing. Amen. Powerful. Somebody said, well, well I, I heard that Pastor John had COVID. Well, well, so has everybody else just about that I know. One doctor, I won't name him, he's sitting in here. He said, Pastor, everybody's had it, has it, or going to have it. And 30% or more, I forget what percentage he said, will never know they had it. Unless they're forced to get tested. I've been tested 10 times. Keep waiting for a positive. (laughs) Every time it's negative. Every time they say it's time to come back to Little Rock, to UAMS hospital to get tested. Oh, by the way, you got to go over here and let them jab you up the nostrils. Like, please. Last time I was begging the lady, <laughs> sitting in my car, please be nice. I don't know how they got a reading off of that because she was in and out, boom, bang, it was over. I just looked at her. She smiled and waved. I drove off. <laughs> it was a negative. Hear me. We're significant, we're relevant, and we're essential as we do the will of God and do not allow fear to dictate and control our lives. It's a time, I'm gonna talk about some of these things next week. It's a time for some of you, some of us, to get more involved in the things in our community than you ever have in your life. Your children's children will depend upon it. It's time to stand up and say, well, I believe this. I got to put some actions to it. Amen or ouch? I don't know, Pastor, if I like this. Well, come back next week. We'll talk more about it. I'm going to talk about it till you like it. Number 
five, the church, I didn't put supposed to. I did a faith statement. The church operates out of faith and not fear. We operate out of faith in, by, the, by the revelation that Holy Spirit brings us. How many of you have grown just a little bit since you got saved? I don't mean like this way. I, I mean like spiritually. <laughs> like you got in the Word and, and you were like, wow. I mean, I've been walking with the Lord since I was eight years old. And these last two years have revealed to me how little I really knew about things that I thought I knew something about. I don't beat myself up over that. Why? Because we, we go from glory to glory. Yeah. And any of y'all that are going to throw a tomato at me, I bet I can find some folks that got something to say about you and some stupid decision you once made. Well, we've all done things. We walked in what we knew and understand. And some of us very passionately walked uh, in something that was wrong. Wrong. I mean, we fought for it. We believed. And then one day, Holy Spirit graciously, lovingly, as my honey would say to me, honey, just give it to them lovingly. Because God gives it to us lovingly until we need a little more something. A little more tough love. I'm not afraid of tough love. Because there, there are times when God's had to spank me to get my attention. Or there's something you fought for, man. You, you had somebody that you just loved to debate the word of God because you were right. And then one day when it didn't matter anymore, <laughs> you find out you, you weren't right. You can't even find the person to tell them you're sorry that they, they might not have been right either. But there have been times when we've fought for things that are just irrelevant. We have to operate in faith, in obedience in the word of the Lord. Number six, the world is in chaos. Our nation is in chaos. Our government is in chaos. I pray for our president, but I'm embarrassed by him. I'm ashamed right now for the first time in my entire life of our nation. I'm military. We don't leave no one behind. No one. And as a nation, I don't even know what's going to come out of all of this. It's embarrassing. Other nations of the world that used to revere and honor America were we're a joke today. We have voted into office and got what we wanted. And as a nation, we're suffering. And we're going to suffer more until true repentance takes place. And we stop killing our unborn babies. And we stand up for righteousness. Hear me, I'm going to say something, and I, I'm sure it's going to offend somebody. 
You cannot stand on the side of abortion and call yourself a Christian. Contrary. Contrary. It's contrary to the word of God. And if you did, hear me, you need to repent. You need to repent for your part for where our nation is today. Not being mean, telling you the gospel. You have to take responsibility. I love the battle that's going on in Texas right now. Don't you just want to honor that governor? And I, re- I read a report. One doctor said it was absolutely an absurd number of, pe- of women that he were aborting babies every day up until that day. And the next day, they showed a picture of his clinic, bed side by side, made my stomach turn. Said today, I only got to... I only got to, I only got to do six abortions. As a nation, as a church, in these next months ahead, some of us are going to have to get out of our safety zones and stand up for what we believe in ways we have never done before. And I don't even know what Some of those are. I'm just speaking by the Spirit. We got to fight for our nation. Got to fight for it. I'm going to keep going. Number seven, COVID does not win, even in death. Even in death. For a believer, the word does not change for the circumstance. We don't overcome, oh death, where is thy sting? Where's your victory, death? Because in the moment of death, I'm in the presence of Jesus Christ. My body's going to the ground. One day the, the, the Lord's going to return and somehow supernaturally bodies are coming out of the grave. Spirits are going to be reconnected and we're going we're to look like Jesus did when he revealed himself to the disciples after the resurrection. We're going to walk through walls and still be able to eat bread and fish. Come on, somebody. Amen to that. But in the midst of it, if you have to go to a celebration of someone's life who died and they died from COVID, victory's still the same. COVID's left behind. That person's in the presence of Jesus. I grieve everybody that I've ever buried, and y'all know I've buried a bunch. I buried 10 of my family members in eight years. And I grieved over every one of them, but I didn't grieve as the world grieves. Because all but one I'm going to be reunited. All but one is a part of that great cloud of witnesses that's praying for me and making intercession over me. And I rejoice in where they are today and what they're a part of. Even my brother, Buddy. And for all of y'all that never had the privilege of meeting Buddy, you just missed out in life. 
because Buddy was one of a kind. Down syndrome, mentally retarded, mind of a six-year-old, but sweet. And we got stories that'll last throughout all eternity. I can't wait to tell Buddy in his right mind how he used to be. I got a feeling he already knows it. But Buddy, Buddy gets saved every Sunday, but then he cuts you out in the parking lot. Don't mess with Buddy in the parking lot. And boy, did he love all you girls. He said, brother, she pretty. Can I touch her legs? No, buddy. You can, you're 60 years old. You cannot touch her legs. You will go to jail with Down syndrome. Number eight, faith still defeats fear. Number nine, hope still overcomes hopelessness. Number 11, victory always is over defeat. And you can't have victory, come on, without a battle. Right now, we're in a battle for our lives. We're in a battle for our nation. We're in a battle for our church. But we're going to win if we don't quit. You hear me? You win. Why in the world would you consider quitting? So when I get to this fear part in a second, I'm asking Holy Spirit to reveal and to convict all of us where we are and where we've been so that that is not allowed. Nigel, does that mean that the clock's winding down? (laughs) Number 12, Jesus still whips the devil. I could have said it all kind of ways. And number 13, every big battle always produces a bigger victory. Belief is more powerful than doubt. There you go. It's right there. You got it. All right. Fear is not of God. Fear has no place in a believer's life. And fear, or if you even want to call it COVID, will flee when we know who we are in Christ Jesus. Hear me. James said it this this way. Resist the devil. Resist COVID. Resist fear. And it will flee from you. Pastor, you saying you're not going to get COVID? Absolutely not. I'm not stupid. I go rub around some of y'all. I mean, my wife was sitting in my face like this with me with no immune system getting my first transplant when the next day we found out she had COVID. Hospital freaked out. He's dead. They marked me up. He's dead. Check him off. (laughs) They put me in isolation down the corner room. Wouldn't let me out the room. I mean, one time I opened the door and peeked out and they, no, close that door. You're dying. (laughs) Never got sick. Thank God I never got sick and I didn't die. Why? Because God's not through with me yet. And you know why you're sitting in here today? Because God's not through with you yet either. Come on, somebody. You're here because God has a purpose, a future, a plan for your life. He's got something for you to do, something for you to accomplish. You need to be filled with His Holy Spirit and power so that you can do whatever it is He's called you to do. And while you're at it, you still got to go work and make a job and make a living for your kids. All right? 
But we're gonna come to a place where that's not gonna be number one priority in our life. Priority is gonna be what's God got for me today? What's God got for me today? I gotta get up today. What's, what's he got for me today? Who's he wanting me to touch today? Where can I go and make a difference today? We got people in our, in our church family, hear me. They're about to lose their jobs in this county, their pension, their retirement, because their conviction is they don't believe they're supposed to get the shot. I believe the three that I know have all had COVID. Now I've been told over and over and over, and I've read over and over by the medical field that if you've had COVID, the antibodies are way better than that shot that was supposed to last you eight months that now is down to five. Did you hear what Canada just did? They just bought 300 million booster shots for a nation of 30 million people. That's a shot every three months for everybody for the next however many years. If you need it, you want it, get it, take it. But if not, and you've had COVID, we're, we're living in a county that's going to fire faithful, diligent, hardworking people when all over this city there are signs, help wanted, help needed. Please, will you come and work for me so I can reopen my business? And they're gonna be fired because they have a conviction. You might be sitting there with a conviction that you believe everybody should be vaccinated and that's fine, that's between you and God, just don't put it on anybody else. Don't put it on anybody else. But, but, but we need to pray for these people. Are they dealing with a little natural fear? Lose their jobs. These are people who work for a county, professional jobs. What are they gonna do? How are they gonna recover? Is their retirement gone, pension gone? At some point, we still trust God. We still have to trust God. I trust God every day with my body and what I'm going through fighting this cancer. Some of you, every day you're fighting for your marriage. Some of you, you're fighting for your children. Maybe you're, you're fighting for your parents. You're, you're, you're fighting for something. And you have to overcome fear because otherwise the enemy is going to convince you that he's going to take what is rightfully yours. But when we know who we are in Christ Jesus, he cannot take what is rightfully ours. The authority of the believer is a powerful thing too many Christians don't even know they have. We're gonna help you, we're gonna teach you. Resist the devil, James chapter four. So I wanna give you just a few scriptures. I, I'm out of time, but I'm gonna keep going. If you need to go seriously and nicely, those doors that let you in will nicely let you out if you have to go. She wants to go. All right, here's some scriptures. Here's what the word has to say. I'm gonna fly through old covenant to the new. Psalm 23 verse four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, say it, will fear no 
evil. Why? Because he says he's with us. Psalm 27, one, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Oh, the enemy will give you a hundred reasons to fear. But I'm gonna put my trust in God. Psalm 34, nine, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. Look up here, all of you, for just a minute. Stop looking at the board, look look here. Fear God. Put your trust, your awe, your confidence, your respect in Almighty God. Fear him. And his promise is there'll be no lack in your life you have need of. I'm declaring that over me, even when the doctors keep saying, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) That kind of hope, I agree with you, doc. I'm not going to get that hope up. (laughs) I'm going to get this hope over here in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to get that one up. Amen. That's where I'm going to put my hope. That's where I'm going to put my trust. The reason I'm staying in this pulpit a few months ago Suzanne and I came home from a very discouraging, disappointing trip to Little Rock. I flew back out, got the test, expected this great report, only for the doctor to go, hmm, that ain't right. As I'm sitting there looking at him, looking at my chart and saying, well, it's the same number we had before second transplant. I got on the plane, I flew home, spent a couple of days adjusting, praying, God, what is this all about? Finally, one morning I got up and I told Suzanne, I'm done with staying home, waiting to get sick and die. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to go start preaching again. It doesn't matter how I feel or what I'm going through. I'm going to start doing what I believe is the word of the Lord and respond appropriately to what the doctor just said to me. Because I can take that report and stay home and every day get sicker and every day talk myself into how bad I feel and every day say, well, it won't be long now. Or I can get up and just say, if I die, I die. I'm gonna be in the presence of Jesus. But I'm not gonna sit around any longer and wait. Why? Because my hope is in Christ. My faith is in Christ. My confidence is in Christ. Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many of y'all wanna be wise? Is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. Proverbs 29, 25, Amplified version, version, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in and puts his confidence in the Lord will be exalted and safe. He said that knowing that COVID would hit America and the world in 2020, 2021. You can still be safe. Use wisdom, but don't respond in fear. Isaiah verse eight, chapter eight, verse 13, but the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. 
Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Man, if you got a fear, fear God. Amen? Isaiah 41, verse 9 and 10, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, say unto you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise of God to the prophet Isaiah, and I believe that word is for us today as much as it was for Israel thousands of years ago. I will uphold you with my righteous. Who you want upholding you, the government of America or God Almighty? Amen. I'm putting my trust in my God. Second Timothy chapter one, you know this. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power. Say power. power. Say power with an attitude. Power. Power. Like P-O-W-A. Power. Power. Woo! Power. I got some power. I was playing golf Friday. It was good watching the guys I was playing with. They were hitting the ball with some power. And I was hitting the ball puny. But I hit it. And matter of fact, I was getting to play with my friend, Steve Schaff. And not only most of you know, Steve has gone through a battle, pancreatic cancer, surgery, a stroke a couple years ago. He was a dead man walking and he played golf Friday and shot two over. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's not even fair. He was my partner and it still wasn't fair. Now he wasn't the old Steve Shaft that hit the ball 300 yards down the middle. And he, like his pastor, was using two clubs longer. But his fundamentals, We need to have some fundamentals as Christians. We need to have some foundation in the Word of God that no matter what hell we go through, when we are squeezed, what comes out of us is the kingdom of Almighty God. Amen, amen. He had the foundation. And so even though he didn't have all that strength, man, straight down the middle, putting. Every time he putt, I just knew it was going in. Just like every time I putted, it wasn't going in. My ball was like, how's that ball doing that? It was like, woo! It was like on a roller coaster. Fred Shore was playing with me. He said, Pastor, you used to could putt. (laughs) What kind of friend is that, Freddie? You used to could putt. One day I'm gonna putt the lights out again and beat Fred. Man, it's good to have brothers. Second Timothy chapter, same one. I wanna read this one out of the Amplified Version. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. 
Come on, how many of y'all want some of that in your life? Some self-control, some balance, spirit of calm. Man, you, you ought to just go to the grocery store and people ask you, what's wrong with you? How, how are you so relaxed? Because they're all fearful. I got, out, I got out of my car the other day and a woman was coming at me, man. She was, she was all, she, she had it all on. And she looked at me and saw that I didn't have my mask on. She was like, she was, I was like, I just don't want to live in that kind of fear. Where did that fear come from? Hear me, for you. Where'd, where'd that fear that you're dealing with right now in your life come from? It came through here. You listen to something, you watch something, you've been watching way too much stupid vision. And that stuff just gets in your mind, then gets down in your heart and goes through your whole body. And all of a sudden, you are scared of your own shadow. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And that life more abundantly, not in heaven. We know heaven's gonna be like that. I want some abundant living right here and right now. Man, I can just see them in the back. They mad at me, the clock is just flowing. I got two more scriptures. First John four, verse 18, there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. There's fear in hatred. There's fear in meanness. But there is no fear in perfect love. You let the love of God saturate you and your facial expression will change. The way you respond to people will change. You'll have the grace to even love your enemies. How many of y'all, no, don't raise your hand. We all got enemies. Because you know what, in our society right now, if you disagree with somebody, you become their number one targeted enemy. I don't know how some of y'all live on that social media stuff because, whoo, it's wicked. You just say what you think and man, you got 50 people that call you every name under the sun. Like, you don't even know me. I'm a nice guy. Pastor Francis told me something recently about something he wrote and he got, all right, Francis, you're the one throwing it out there, baby. I mean, go for it. I'm not, I'm just not that. I just don't need to know what everybody thinks about what I just thought. But we live in a, just a mean society. Let's walk out of here today and break that curse. Amen. Let's walk out of here today and show love and sow love so we can reap a harvest of love back. Revelation chapter two. I'm gonna leave that. I don't think y'all can handle that one. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. I know it's out, it's out there, but I, I'm gonna pick up there next Sunday. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. That's not leaving on a positive note. <laughs> It's trying to leave on a positive note. Because <laughs> some of us have gone through some stuff, going through some stuff. We'll go through some stuff. Let me just leave you with this. I think it's Genesis chapter, I don't know, 39 or 40 or 41 or something in there. Genesis 39. If you haven't just read the story lately. Maybe you've got so many of your own devotions, but go read the story of Joseph's life. So encouraging. 
This little kid has a dream, you know, got a dream you want to tell somebody, at least your daddy. Tells the dream, his daddy scratches his head, asks him a question. But, you know, God went through. So he had another dream. He told his brothers. You ever told somebody something that they got so mad at you they were ready to sell you into slavery? Wow. I got a lot of siblings and we've had our spats. But I'm not certain any of them have ever wanted to sell me into slavery. But they sold Joseph into slavery. For 17, 18 years, man, he went from prison to prison. God raised him up. Then he back in another prison and just everything imaginable. And, and I was reading through, it's about Genesis chapter 32, 33, somewhere all the way through chapter 41, I think. And it, and it just tells everything that Joseph has been through. And I'm thinking to myself, he has dealt with some serious fear, doubt, and unbelief in the bottoms of those prison cells. And yet, his behavior was so Christ-like that he would always be elevated even in prison to the number one, your prisoner number 001. You take care of everybody else. And the guards, the, the word says in Genesis 39, that once that jailer gave Joseph responsibility, he never even considered thinking about it again because of the grace that was on Joseph's life. But hold it, wasn't Joseph still a prisoner? And hadn't he had this crazy dream as a kid that he was going to, his brothers were gonna bow down, his daddy, all this stuff? What are you going through right now in your life that the Lord has spoken something into you, into your heart? You don't know how it'll ever come to pass. The years are flying by, you're getting older, you wonder, did I miss it? You have a tendency to let fear in and doubt and unbelief and years gone by. And yet, whenever God speaks a word, it's settled in heaven and earth. And it's never gonna return void. And if you will remain faithful, can I, just, can I just be honest with you? I'll talk about this a little bit Wednesday, but the vision that the Lord had put in my heart a few years ago, many of you remember the story of my last trip to visit my spiritual dad, my apostle. We sat and right as we were beginning to talk, he gets up, stops, starts fumbling around, he's 80 something years old and getting ready to transition from this world. And he gets up and he's looking for something. He finally finds a big bottle of anointing oil. He just dumps it all over my head and, and starts praying. Then he dumps it all over my feet and drops to his knees. 87 years old, I thought I was never gonna get him up. And he's down there just massaging into my brand new Kohans. I mean, I, it was the first time I'd worn them. They just, they're gone, but they, they are anointed gone. But the words that he spoke to me, spoke over me, prophesied, prayed. Those things hadn't come to pass yet. And, and when there have been times when, when, 
when there have been times when I've been laying on the bed and my back is killing me and there's pain shooting through me, I remember God gave me that word. And it hasn't come to pass yet. So therefore, I'm either going to have the grace to walk through this, carrying this, or I'm going to walk through totally healed. But he's not done with me. And if you can hang on to the word that God places in your heart, then no matter what the enemy brings against you, and all the fear that is attached with it. You begin to know who you are in Christ Jesus, begin to speak the word, begin to declare the word. Greater is he that is in me than he that is against me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every word will come to pass that God has spoken. Every word will come to pass. So I want you to bow your head because I want to speak to you for a moment without you looking around or being distracted. And I feel like Holy Spirit told me earlier in the week to do this. So I'm going to pray over every person in this room that needs to respond to the voice of Holy Spirit. And if you've been going through something, whatever, whatever it is, from COVID to personal life to whatever, fine, it doesn't matter what it is. But fear, you have continually had to battle against the spirit of fear. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Don't pause, don't think about it, just stand up. I'm gonna pray over you and I believe that by the word of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, this thing's gonna be broken in your life once and for all. And as you begin to discipline your life and get in the word, the word's gonna be a confirming thing to you in this situation. There are others of you, I'm gonna wait for 10 seconds. If that's you, you're dealing with any kind of fear, I want you to stand to your feet and let's overcome this now. Don't let pride, don't look around, doesn't matter who else is standing, not standing. This is between you and Almighty God. Don't sit there if today is the day of your victory. Don't sit there when God wants you to be free today from that spirit of fear, that spirit of intimidation, that spirit of doubt, that spirit of unbelief, that is a lie of hell. God God wants you free today, but you have to respond. It's not going to happen while you're sitting. It's going to happen if you obey and stand to your feet because it's the word of the Lord for you. And if that's you, stand right now and I'm going to pray. Lift up your hands before Jesus and receive. Father, in the name of the Lord right now, I stretch my hands over every one of us, including myself. Father, this battle that I continually wage, Father, just like these that are standing across this congregation today, Father, it is of the devil, it is wicked, it is evil, it is not of you. And Father, today in the name of Jesus, I declare over every person in this room, whether it's their physical body, they're dealing with physical issues. It's their marriage, Father. It's their finances. It's their children. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's another disease. Maybe it's cancer. In the name of Jesus, that spirit of fear, intimidation, and lie of hell broken over your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Greater, 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 greater is he that is in you. The power of the living God is in you right now to set you, to set me, and to set us free in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord an ovation of praise. Come on, everybody stand in the congregation. Stand with us.
Father, I pray over us as a people today as we prepare to walk out of this place. Lord, we want to be the light that shines the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be the bearers of good news. We want to take good news when so many, many around us are full of nothing but bad news. So give us the wisdom to know what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, what we talk about. Help us as believers to be convicted by our words when they're not pleasing to you. Holy Spirit, I invite you, my life and our lives, so that during this very critical time in our world, not just our nation, but our world, we want to be that light that shines without shame or fear. We want to walk in so much love for each other in this house, it goozes and oozes out of us. Whether we are vaccinated or not vaccinated, whether we wear a mask or don't wear a mask, irrelevant. Father, let the world take a peek in our door and see that even when we might disagree on something, we're joined and knitted together by the love of the living God. Yes. Help us. Help us not to fail in this season. Help us to be a part of the great church, your church, that I believe is alive and well and powerful. And you're waking it up. Lord, I believe you're waking up the church. From California to the East Coast, from Florida to Canada, Lord, I believe the church of Jesus Christ. I believe that pastors all over this country, just like me, are being stirred for something deeper than they've ever walked in before. A boldness that they've never had before. Father, a, a willingness to lay it all out there on the line. Lord, that we will not be so foolish to not say what you're saying because we're afraid we're gonna lose a few people, lose their tithe, numbers shrink. Father, you've always had a remnant. God, we, we wanna be a part of that remnant. Whether we're a thousand strong or a hundred thousand strong, we're not limiting you, God. I believe that there are so many people in our community hurting, struggling, defeated, fearful, that you're gonna allow every person in this house to contact somebody and to share the love of God, to be bold and yet sensitive strong and yet compassionate, tender hearted like Christ. When he looked over Jerusalem and he wept, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Lord, help us to weep over those, even in our, our family members, those that have gone astray, got lost in the midst of all of this. 
got angry, got mad, got fearful. Help us to love them back into your kingdom. Help us, Father, to show the love of Christ. Pray that over us. And I thank you for this amazing people that are not afraid to come and hear the word, receive the word, be moved by the word, live by the word. What an honor and a privilege, Father, you've given Suzanne and I these 34 years to do life with these incredible people. Whether they just came in our house today or they've been walking with us the whole journey. Father, I thank you that there is a place for our family to grow. Just like when you give some of these precious couples these new little babies. There's not less love to give. There's more love to give. Grow us, nurture us, help us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.